Okay, so I have found lately that I've been doing four stories, um, like three or four stories, and um, people have asked me, am I going to start doing four topics per episode? And I I probably won't. Um, here's the thing. When, when I look for content to talk about, I look at, okay, what is interesting? What is... What can I, what can I talk about? What is something that I haven't recently done? And also, what is, what are topics that are, that people are finding interesting? And also, what are topics that are people, that people are sending to me? Um, so that's kind of what goes into it. So that's why sometimes I do three or four. Um, I have, you know, here's the thing. I can very easily be quiet and just, you know, keep to myself. But, you know, when I get going on something, I get going. So I can have a motor mouth or I can just be perfectly content with silence. So that's, so that's kind of what, that's kind of, those are the factors that go into what I choose to talk about. But today I'm doing four topics and I have to apologize first and foremost, and that is to the New Orleans Saints. If you recall, I have an episode titled um season saints season equals over and they have made me eat my words they've made me eat my words so i need to apologize to the saints organization the team uh the city of new orleans uh the state of louisiana um the fans of the saints i need to apologize to all of you because Um, I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong. You couldn't have told me. You couldn't have told me that the Saints would be 7-1. You couldn't have told me that. Drew Brees didn't miss a beat after the longest absence of his career, throwing for 373 yards and three touchdowns in the New Orleans Saints 31-9 win over the Cardinals on Sunday. Here's the thing. I did have the Saints winning this one because it's the Cardinals. But I didn't, you couldn't have told me Drew Brees was going to throw three touchdowns. He won 34-43. And I just, man, you know, they, they've made me eat my words. And I, ha- I had to con- congratulate them because I thought they were done. When I saw that he was down, when I saw that Drew Brees was you know, going to be down for down and out for a while. I was like, you know what? I underestimated New Orleans. It's just that simple. That that's what it came down to. I really like Drew Brees. Um, Sean Payton, good coach. Um, but you know, when the quarterback goes out and you know, a thumb injury on the throwing hand, to me, I thought, okay. I was like, okay, so he's going to be out and then he's going to come back and he's going to struggle because it's hard. You know, that's your throwing hand. But, you know, they've been doing it, man. They've been doing it. And the reason people ask me, why didn't some people ask me, one of them was a Saints fan. They said, okay, why didn't you come back and, you know, you need to apologize. And I said, I said, you know what? I, I, I. I don't know if they're just out here trying to prove people wrong. And that was kind of, that was when they were at like four and one, if I remember correctly. But 
you know, I, I have to come out and do it. I have to come out and do it. And, you know, you know, as you guys know, I'm not an expert in anything. And if I get something completely and dead wrong, I'm going to come out and say it. And this is one of those things. Um, and the Breeze, I mean, not the Breeze. Um, the Saints are going into a week nine bye. So they're seven and one. They've won six straight games. They're looking, they're looking phenomenal. They are looking absolutely phenomenal. Um, Breeze looked sharp throughout the day while wearing some light protection over his thumb. He completed eight of his nine, uh, first nine pass attempts. Then he completed three second half touchdown passes to running back Latavius Murray, backup quarterback Taysom Hill, and receiver Michael Thomas. Breeze one miscue came on a deep interception that was snagged by the Cardinals eight-time Pro Bowl cornerback Patrick Peterson in the third quarter. Breeze made the ill-advised decision to uh, throw deep to fullback Zach Line on the play even though he was well covered. Um, but Peterson wasn't able to put the clamps on Thomas, New Orleans All-Pro receiver. Thomas finished 11 catches for 100 finished with 100 with 11 catches for 112 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets, giving him a whopping 73 catches through eight games. Murray also had a spectacular uh, performance while replacing uh, injured Saints running back Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I just... You couldn't have told that they were going to be doing this well. And here's the thing. You know, Matt Ryan, he just went out. Okay, so uh, not next week because they have a bye next week. But the 10th, they have, uh, they play the Falcons. They host the Falcons. Then they go to Tampa Bay. Then they host the Panthers. Um, then um, they travel to Atlanta. Then they host the 49ers. Then they uh, host the Colts. Then they go to the Tennessee, and then they finish up going to Carolina. I'm going to tell you something, man. Don't count. The, don't count out the Saints. I could very easily see the Saints going to the um, NFC Championship. I could see it happening. Because remember, the Saints are angry about last year, as as they should be. The team should, the organization should, the fans should, all the revenue that was lost, you know, the potential, the Super Bowl would have been, personally, I think the Super Bowl would have been a much more interesting game and more entertaining game, Um, had the Saints been in it against the Patriots, but the Saints are coming, man, they're angry, and they have every right to be, and... I do not want to be any of these teams. You know, I I just I I have to, I have to give it up for Drew Brees and the Saints. I have to. I I just you couldn't have told me that Drew Brees were to go down. Now, well, let me finish my statement. Okay, you couldn't have told me that Drew Brees was going to go down. Early in week one, 
and then he would come back, and when he came back, they'd be six and one, and then he'd win, and then they'd win, and they'd become seven and one. You couldn't have told me that. You could have told me that they were that they would go. You could have told me that they would go five and three, four and four. But that five and three would be the best that I would that I would have given them. At the at the and that that would be to to me that would be very generous. But hey, man, they're doing it. I just you know. But let me say this about Drew Brees. This hurts him. Here's why. Teddy Bridgewater, the fans, they love him. He went 5-0. and I mean, that that's immensely important. I, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. With Drew Brees, I think this, this is good because it's like, okay, we got Drew Brat, we got Drew back. But now we know if he goes down, we have a great replacement. Which naturally make, which naturally brings down Drew's value to the team. That, that's just what happens. When, when, when a replacement comes in, and they can still do the same thing, you know, it's not, the starter isn't as, uh, they're not, they're not, they're not seen as being as good. And that, that's just what happens and not just in sports, um, in the workplace where you, you know, you train your replacement and, you know, they're doing really good and pretty much they could take you out and they would still get the same, if not better results. It's tough. So good for the Saints. Um, welcome back, Drew Brees. Um, I I apologize. I I sincerely apologize. I grossly underestimated you guys, and I grossly underestimated Teddy Bridgewater. To me, Teddy Bridgewater um, was a game manager, and to me, I was just like, I just don't think that's enough. I just I didn't believe that he would be able to do it. You know, maybe for a game, maybe, maybe two games, but I just didn't think he could do it for, you know, a good, you know, quarter of the season. I just, I didn't believe he could do that. Um, but they, they did it, man. They, they did it and good for them. Good for them. I, I, I apologize, New Orleans. Okay. Um, this next story is different. Um, let me, let me, let me just get into the article. I've never really seen something like this. It's, it's strange, but let let me just, let me just go into it. And I'm not gonna lie, it, it it's a little it's a little comical, but really it shouldn't be. Okay. Um woman seventy-eight, and this is from ABC News. Woman seventy-eight gets twenty-two years for attempted murder of lawyer. 
This is by the Associated Press. This is by the Associated Press. A 78-year-old Louisiana woman who had been sentenced to 22 years in prison for trying to kill her attorney. Patricia Curry, uh, Curry of Mandeville was 75 when she raised a loaded shotgun toward Keith Couture. I don't know. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I'm just going to say her lawyer. In 2016, a St. Tammany Parish jury convicted Curry in August of attempted second-degree murder, which carries a minimum sentence of 10 years. Prosecutors asked for the 50-year maximum at Thursday's sentencing by Judge Alan Zahnbrecher. District Attorney Warren Montgomery said in a news release Friday. Uh, the lawyer testified in August that Curry arrived when he was alone and he found latex gloves on her hands, plastic grocery bags on her feet, and a towel across her lap. When he asked why she was there, she said she had come to kill him. Showed him the shotgun under the towel and raised it toward him, but he wrestled it away, he said. St. Tammany um, Parish deputies discovered the gun was loaded and that she had four additional shotgun shells in her undergarments. Oh my goodness, I would hate being the person doing that search. Um, as well as a box of ammunition in her car, Montgomery, Montgomery's news release said. Curry testified that she was just trying to, to scare her lawyer. He had tried unsuccessfully a few weeks earlier to withdraw as her attorney in a bankruptcy case, the newspaper reported. Zombrecker said the violent nature of the crime, the shotgun, her lack of truthfulness, candor, or remorse were mitigated by the fact that she had no prior convictions, uh, according to the news release. If she serves a term, she'll be a hundred at its end. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to say something. I have to say something. I know it's not funny because this guy, um, he could have lost his life. And, you know, thank God that didn't happen. Uh, thank God she was unsuccessful. Um, but I, I gotta be real here. It's funny because I just envision the scene of him, you know, um, setting his keys down, you know, he's like, oh, what a day. And then he walks into, he walks into, he gets further into his house and, um, he sees, he sees her. Which will, which would naturally startle him because he thinks he's by himself. And then she's just kind of standing there eerily. Or as Patrick Starr would say, menacingly. Um, and he would have her, uh, he, he asked her, um, well, he, well, first he analyzed the situation and said, okay, latex gloves, um, bags around her, her shoes. And as a lawyer, you would, I mean, he's no, he's no criminal lawyer, but I mean, just, you know, just understanding basic forensic evidence. It's like, okay, clearly she's not here to have tea and crumpets. She's not here to play Monopoly. She's not here to have Bible study. That's not what she's here for. So he sees that. 
sees a towel in her lap and he um asks why okay why are you here she in some former fashion says i'm here to kill you and in his mind he's like okay um and he just that that was it she took she removed the towel and then he sees the shotgun and she raised it towards him but he wrestled it away uh I, I don't know i i just i find the story funny i find it i find it funny just because the way my mind works whenever i whenever i see scenarios um, there will be times where I just envision it in like the cartoon world where it's where I know it's real life, but it's just, you know, not, you know, I, I just don't my mind doesn't see like like that. And so I find things funnier. But, you know, it's a good thing that nothing happened. Um, this is this is just a strange story and I really have nothing else to say about it. I just thought it was kind of funny. And kind of interesting. Um, but hey man, you know, stay strapped out there. Because, you know, this 78-year-old woman was. Okay. Uh, so, p- some people have been asking me uh, about this whole, about Beto and his gun confiscation thing. And people have asked me, you know, what I think about it. Why haven't I discussed it? And I tell them very clearly. The reason I don't talk about Beto... I mean, I'm going to talk about him right now and everything. The reason I don't talk about him is because he's not going to win. He's not going to win. Why talk about someone who's not... Beto has no chance of even getting the, the nomination. So he's not even going to come in second. Okay, I told I already told you guys who I predict who the top 3 are. Okay. Uh Warren, Biden, Sanders. Those are the 3 who I believe the Democrats are going to be like dog on it. All of y'all suck, but we're going to choose between one of you 3. Beto is a bum. Beto is a loser. I remember, I remember when Beto lost, uh, I remember when Beto lost to Ted Cruz in 2016. And, or, or, or whenever that was, when they were running against each other. And I remember Beto was like, he lost. And you know how he does the whole cussing thing? Like he just, he likes cussing. He makes him seem more real. But I remember, you know, hours after and days and weeks after, people were saying, you know, people on the left were saying, oh, you know, he's really good. And, you know, it was, it was, it, they almost, it was almost like, even though he lost, he won. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Beto is, when you lose, you lose. So that's why I haven't really been talking about him. So let me just talk about this whole gun, this whole gun confiscation thing. 
Uh, this is from the Western Journal. Um, this is uh, some commentary. But a sheriff vows to stop Beto's enforcers at the county line. Um, Democratic presidential candidate Robert Francis O'Rourke, which is his real name, Beto is just for pandering purposes. I don't, yeah, it's just for pandering purposes. So his, his name isn't Beto, it's Robert Francis O'Rourke. All right, so don't, you know, yeah. Um, he proposed a plan to disarm Americans by force, just hit another major speed bump as Texas Sheriff's Office vowed to stop his enforcers in their tracks. The Kinney County Sheriff's Office took to its Facebook page on October 19th to give O'Rourke a reality check. The message was simple. Confiscating guns may be, might be easy in places like California and New York, but Texas is another story. And I think that's one thing we have to understand. Or I should say, most importantly, Beto. Because Beto just believes, okay, people, you know, if the law, people will just comply. There are certain laws where you, where when people feel it's wrong and it's a violation of their rights, they fight it. People aren't just going to bend over, Beto, okay? So you have to keep that in mind. And also, especially being from Texas, or, you know, being in Texas, you're you're there, you should know how much people can love their guns. If every state was like, and this is a good point, if if all 50 states were like California or New York, or Illinois, or you know those liberal states with a lot of gun control and a lot of and a lot of you know leftist ideology concerning guns. It would be easier, but you are forgetting the heartland of the United States, where they they like have, they have more guns than food. And obviously, obviously that's just an exaggeration. But the point is, they have a lot of guns, and guns are a big part of their culture. So when you are not, so Beto, when you say we're going to take your guns, you're, to, to certain people, you hear, okay, we are taking part, we are going to forcibly take away part of your culture that has been a part of your culture for generations. I mean, what could you possibly be thinking? Here's the thing with politicians. When you get elected, your goal is to get re-elected. That's what it's about. It's about getting in. And once you get in, it's like, okay, how do I stay in? Because time flies. Especially, you know, if you're like, you know, in the House of Representatives. You only get two years. It's, it's a very, very short amount of time. And you just, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay fresh. You gotta stay fresh. And you, you have to find a way to stay in. But let me tell you something. Beto, you haven't, first of all, after saying this stupid thing, first of all, you already had no shot. But then you come out and you say, okay, we're going to take away your AR-15s. That right there, 
Why would you say that? It's almost like... It's almost like if I was on Beto's staff and I was one of his advisors on his campaign after he, after he first said the statement and released it, I would ask him, Beto, do you want, do you want to win? Do you even want, do you even want, first of all, do you want to be, first, do you want to be elected? And secondly, what would make you think that that would fly. Well, I mean, what what idea would you have? What what idea would you have to make you think if I say this, there are going to be a lot of people who like it, and I, you know this this will get me elected. That's not what happens. You can't just do that. I mean, it's just absolutely outrageous. You can't just, you can't just go on. You you can't just, you can't just go and say, okay, we're going to take, we're going to take, we're going to take this from you. You haven't done anything wrong, but we're going to take it from you. That's so stupid. In 2018, uh, 297 people were killed with rifles. Okay. But also, in 2018, 15, 1,515 people were killed with knives. So let's be real. I mean, if you're going to confiscate anything, shouldn't you start with knives? And more people were killed by hands and feet than with rifles. So what are you, what are you going to do? Are we just going to cut off our hands and feet? And we're going to be walking around and looking at our nubs on our limbs. I mean, that's just preposterous. But that, but mostly, you know, but in answer, in answer to your guys' questions, and I know it's not, I know it's not a Q and A episode, but it's just been happening a lot. Where people ask me why I don't talk about it, I don't talk about it because Beto is a loser, and I know he's not going to be in it. He doesn't matter. Beto doesn't matter. He tries to be like this bombastic character. You know, he tries to be this presidential guy. And it's like, no, Robert Francis O'Rourke. No, you're not. You're just not. You Stop trying to be something that you're not. You're not going to win. Okay? It, 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 it's, ju- it's just a joke. It is just a joke. Recently, Beto O'Rourke made comments about a mandatory buyback for all AR-15 and AK-47 rifles. Now, I will say this. He has been backing off. Probably because reality is hitting him and he's saying, oh, that was probably a very stupid thing to say. Um, And that gets me no chance of being elected. Or, you know, I have no chance in the heartland of the... United States. About a mandatory buyback for all AR-15 and AK-47 rifles, and those who refuse would have them confiscated by law enforcement. As Sheriff of Kinney County, I would meet ATF and the FBI at the county line and deny them access to the county to violate the Second Amendment. For almost 40 years, I have sworn to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
The message here is clear. Confiscation will be dead in the water in this Texas county. Now, not only does O'Rourke face armed citizens unwilling to give up their Second Amendment rights, but entire law enforcement agencies are making it known that they will actively protect Americans' freedoms. See how stupid that was, Beto? This is this is this is uh this is the actual post. Okay. Uh recently Beto O'Rourke made comments about a mandatory buyback for all AR-15 and AK-47 rifles and that those who refuse would have them confiscated by law enforcement. If this were to ever happen, the Kinney County Sheriff's Office would not assist in any way with this type of federal or state mandate. As Sheriff of Kinney County, I would meet ATF and the FBI at the county line and deny them access to the county to violate the Second Amendment. For almost 40 years, I have sworn to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I feel this type of action would be an attack on the Constitution. It would be. That is beautifully written. It would be a threat, an attack on the Constitution. First of all, first of all, in Beto's mind, in Beto was thinking, okay, we'll just take him, we'll just take it, we're, we're going to take this item from someone who, we're going to take this item from someone who has done nothing wrong. If I, I I gotta be real, I gotta be real, man. If you just look at basic numbers and you do basic math, you have no reason to fear rifles. I would I would strongly encourage you. I'm not saying you have to like guns, but just educate yourself about guns, how they work, you know, the terminology, what are they used for, what are their pros, what are their cons, you know, what are they for? Just educate yourself about them. Look at look at you know statistics. You know you have to understand most gun deaths are suicide. Okay, more than half are suicide. So be careful when you hear the term gun violence and stuff like that. All right, let me keep going in this article. Um, Beto has pushed his confiscation under the guise of a so-called mandatory buyback. Which it, it's really it's really kind of funny when you just hear it a mandatory back a mandatory buyback. I'm going to make you I'm going to make you <laughs> I'm going to make you sell that to me. I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna make you give me. Uh, I'm gonna make you exchange your gun for cash. <laughs> that I mean, he just tried to word it nicely. But when you say when you say mandatory. I mean, people know what that means. Okay. If uh, armed citizens refuse to turn in their guns, Beto promised there would be consequences. Uh, During an appearance earlier this month on MSNBC's Morning Joe, the former Texas congressman confirmed that anyone who does not turn over their so-called assault weapons, which is a vague term, remember, a knife can be an assault weapon, scissors can be an assault weapon, a pencil, as we saw in John Wick, can be an assault weapon. Would face a visit by law enforcement to recover that firearm. 
Beto maintains that so-called assault weapons are not covered by the Second Amendment and have no place anywhere but a battlefield. Previous confiscation attempts by states have been met with humiliating failure, as was the case when New Jersey put a restriction on high-capacity firearm magazines. In the months following the ban, not a single magazine was handed over to authorities. Although nobody has injured has been injured yet as a result of the New Jersey ban, Beto's plan to disarm law-abiding citizens nationwide is virtually guaranteed to end in bloodshed. That's the problem. That that's the biggest problem. His biggest thing. It's like okay, Beto, if you want to do that, seriously, if you want to do that, go after the criminals. Don't go after the vast, vast majority of people, of gun owners who follow the law. I mean, that's that's just stupid. That's I mean, that's pathetic. That is pathetic. That's because there is a shortage of Americans willing and able to defend their constitutional rights. Remember, ask yourself this, and if you if you took a basic his if you took American history class, you should know what the revolution is about. You should know why America became America. You should know why the British colonies that were that were in the Americas became the United States of America. Okay, you have the tax the taxation without representation, but overall, America's mindset, and this is. Uh, how it is for most countries when they want most groups and societies that want to become countries, they say, you can't tell us what to do. You are, you know, you're telling us what to do. We have no say whatsoever. And you're just bossing us around. Your soldiers can just come into my home and just, you know, sleep here take my food, and just do whatever, and then they can go on to the next house when they have no right to be in here in the first place. We do that. We have the Second Amendment to protect ourselves, private citizens to protect ourselves from the government in terms, when it comes time, for tyranny. When the government is becomes tyrannical, and I'm putting this in very basic terms, when it, when tyranny is... <laughs> when when tyranny is the enemy, you are going against that. That's why you know we try to defend ourselves. I mean, just you know, here's the thing: gun control is not a good thing. Gun confiscation is not a good thing. In Nazi Germany, private citizens couldn't own guns. Do you know why? Because that helped. That helped Hitler and the Nazi party, you know, him being a dictator. He said, okay, whatever I say goes. And there's nothing you can do about it because we have the guns, you have nothing. What are you going to do about it? What, are you gonna, what is it going to be like in Venezuela where it's, okay, you know, we have the guns and tanks and the ammunition and everything else and you have sticks and bottles? Yeah, let's see who wins that. That's why we have the Second Amendment. We have the Second Amendment to protect us from tyranny, from our own government, and also to to protect ourselves. There was some guy in Times Square. He just got he just he was 
just, you know, out on the town, just doing his thing, got stabbed. It, it, it's just, but anyway, you know, for my conservative listeners out there, you know, don't be concerned about Beto. Don't be concerned about the individual. What we, if anything, you should be concerned about, you know, the potential popularity of gun confiscation and mandatory buybacks and stuff like that. But don't worry about Beto. Beto is a nobody. Nobody cares. He's not gonna win. He, he he's not he's not gonna get the nomination. Forget the presidency. He's not gonna get the nomination. All right. It's just ah. Uh, let's just let's just leave it alone, man. I I, I okay. So. So now you so now you know I've okay I finally talked about him. Please don't ask me again to talk about him. Please because he's just he's a bum. He's a loser and I, I I'm done with him. I don't care. I do think his idea is important because it's a threat and an attack on American culture and society and the constitution. But Beto the individual Give me an actual 15-minute break. Okay. Um, people have also been asking me about this whole thing with um, this person. And it this isn't this did happen in uh in Britain. You know, good old England, man. You know, they're like America, they're just more liberal. Now, here's one thing. One thing I do like about, uh, one thing I do like about Britain is they're, they're liberal in like their entertainment. So one thing that they do do is they, um, they are okay with showing nudity on television. And I'm not saying, here's the thing, I'm not saying I am a fan of nudity on television. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we here in America, we are, you know, we're more conservative, we're more conservative than they are. Um, but what one problem that we have is we associate nudity with sex. That's what we do. We take nudity and we're like, oh, you know, they're about to get, you know, they're about to get, you know, hot and steamy in there. But, you know, when you're na- it's being naked is just you without clothes. And, you know, you know, we saw nudity on Game of Thrones, but, you know, on, there are other, there are other certain, um, tel- you know, shows that you can see that do have nudity and it's, you know, little nudity. But, you know, overall, I, I just, I just dislike how we live in a very hypersexualized society. I mean, it really is. And it's just dangerous. It affects, you know, moms that are breastfeeding. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous that you have to have, that you have to, that women have to cover up when they're just trying to feed their baby. That's all they're trying to do. And I know, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'm just, the hypersexualized society, it, 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 it annoys me, man. I'm not, I'm not even a woman. And, but I look at it as like, okay, if I was, if I was a, if I was a woman, 
and I'm just trying to and I'm just trying to breastfeed my baby. There's nothing sexual about that. It's a beautiful thing with a mother and a child bonding, making eye contact. You know, the child is getting the nutrients it needs from its mother, from their mother. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing that God created. But we take it and we sexualize it. It's like, oh, your breast is out. It's like, put that away. You know, you're out in public, you know, it, it, that that's not what it's for. That's not the primary purpose of a breast. The primary purpose is for feeding and nurturing babies. That's the primary purpose of it. But we 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 don't do that. And so I know that was a that was a side tangent, but I I just had to go there. Um you know, when I see when I see moms that are breastfeeding out in public and I see I I do have a tendency to feel bad for them because it's like they're just going about something that's so natural and they'll get like dirty looks. And I'm like, man, like dog, they're not doing anything. They're, just, they're the baby's got to eat. I don't understand what you want them to do. The baby doesn't understand. Okay, yeah, dinner's gonna be, you know, at seven. It's it's five. Can you wait two hours? The baby doesn't understand that. It's growing. It's learning. It's experiencing. You know, it's becoming more and more familiar with the world. Anyway, anyway, that that was a, that was a side tangent. Okay, here we go. This is from the Daily Mail. Um, and it's, it's somewhat old news. It's somewhat old news, but here we go. Model 25, who became Britain's youngest transgender person at 15, claims she's a victim of transphobia after a pornographer refused to have sex with her because she has a penis. Uh, I think her name is Rhea. Rhea Cooper, contacted by a photographer, um, asking if she wanted to appear in, in porn, went back on offer saying he couldn't have sex with her because she has a penis. Uh, Rhea has hit out at the transphobic behavior and contacted Humberside Police. Now, this goes back to... This story was published on the 18th, and then it had it got some updates on the 19th. But let me just let me just get into the article, okay? And then and then I'll I'll go a different way, okay? And in case in case you in case you know it's still confusing to you, so um it's a guy. So a guy, you know, pretty much wanted to have sex with a guy, and the guy, the other guy who was asked was like, Okay, yeah, sure, come on, but he didn't realize that he was a guy. And, you know, still had a penis and stuff like that. So he comes over and he's like, okay, let's have sex. And it's like, um, you have a penis. I don't like penises. I like vaginas. So no. And so this person, you know, is lashing out and saying, okay, you know, this is transphobic. And now this, the guy who said, the guy who refused to have the sex He's facing criminal charges. Can you believe that? A transgender woman says she is a victim of transphobic discrimination after being snubbed for a job as a female porn star because she still has a penis. Rhea Cooper, 25, who became Britain's youngest trans person, 
uh, when she transitioned 10 years ago, has had decided to embark on a career in porn when a photographer messaged her asking if she wanted to have sex with him for a film. But when the photographer heard Rhea still had a penis, he refused to work with her, bluntly proclaiming he couldn't do so because she has a penis. Okay? Rhea has hit out at the transphobic behavior and says she's being unfairly discriminated against in her pursuit of a modeling career. Rhea from East from Hull, East Yorkshire, has reported the comments to Humberside Police, which is investigating the incident as a hate crime. Now let's let's just let's just 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 hear me out for a second. Just hear me out for a second. So as you guys know, as my loyal listeners know, and anyone who really knows me well knows, I'm attracted to white girls, primarily. Okay. So let's do this. Let's play out the scenario. Let's say I see a white girl. I go up to her and I ask her, you know, I say, you know, let's have sex. And she says, no. I, you know, I don't really like black guys. Can I come out and say, you know what, this is, this is, this is a hate crime. She doesn't want to have sex with me because I'm black. How, I mean, how racist is that? This is, this is ridiculous. You are attracted to who you are attracted to. It's just that simple. There are certain qualities. There are certain attributes that I like. There are certain ones that I don't like. This is for all people. I mean, think think about it. Choosing a sexual partner, or choosing a mate or a spouse, it's one of the high. It's I can't think of a higher form of discrimination because you're 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 saying in your in your mind you go through your life and you say no 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 no. You finally come across one and you're like yes, that's what I want. And you come across this. And you say, okay, you know what? These are the kind of qualities that I like. This person has these qualities. This is what I want. There are certain qualities that I'm like, no. There are certain qualities where you say, no, I don't like that. I'm not attracted to that. I don't want that. I mean, this is, this is preposterous. The gender movement is horrendous, man. They are trying to get They're trying to get the vast majority of everyone else to change when they're the very small minority of the population and they want that they want the 99.99 to change for the 0.01. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And I I, I can't stand it, man. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not going to get into the religious and you know the religious aspect if you want to do if you want to do something and it's not hurting anyone else go ahead but don't force other people to change because you change i'm going to go to my black panther analogy again let's say i believe and i let's say i persistently and consistently believe 
that I am the Black Panther. I do that and I want everyone else to address me as, you know, I want everyone to address me with Wakanda forever. And, you know, just do that thing. And I make everyone else adjust to my belief. I make everyone else change the way they address me. They treat me as a king and, you know, all, you know, all of that stuff. That is preposterous. So because of, because of my mindset, because of one person's mindset, they are, for, they want everyone else to change their ideas and their practices. He, like, I mean, this is so basic. It's like, it's like, um, yeah. I, uh, I like vaginas. I don't like dick. And so, I'm not going to have sex with you. And you come out and you say it's a hate crime. She just, uh, she, remember, he, it is a he, remember that. Rhea has described the comments as discriminatory and appalling, comparing the abuse of that, comparing the abuse of that of a racist. Oh my god. Okay. So th- this is, this is, uh, this is, uh, the text. These are, these are some text messages. Okay, here we go. Uh, this this is just one small part. Okay, he uh, the guy the uh, the photographer replied, "You have uh, you have a cock." Uh, trans replies, "So you removed it from Front Magazine." Photographer, don't know why you didn't mention it before. Uh, bef- didn't mention it before this modeling, uh, etc. Is v- modeling is very much like family. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, Trans, I think it's disgusting how you're judging someone on their sex. She used the wrong there. Okay, for you, you know, grammar nuts out there. Okay. Um. Does anyone, does anyone see where this is going? I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Even if you are on the left, if you're on the left or, I mean, you just have to think about these things. You have certain preferences. There are certain, there are certain, there are certain qualities that you, that you like or you don't like. You know, I'm five, eight and a half. Okay. Let's say, you know, I like, let's say there's this girl who's, you know, five, four and I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. I go up to her and she's like, um, you're not five, you know, I only go for guys that are like 5'10". Can I come out and say, oh, that's heightest? That's sizest? And then she gets, she gets, she gets investigated for a hate crime? I mean, this is ridiculous. We are now punishing people. Think about this. We are punishing people for their biological <laughs> desires and attractions. Think about that. People get rejected all the time. It's a common thing. I've been rejected 
I have rejected. It happens. It's part of life. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, it's actually ridiculous. Listen, listen to this. Listen, wait, li- li- listen to this. This is a perfect quote. This is a perfect quote. The way he spoke to me after that was absolutely disgusting. No one should be discriminated against for their lifestyle choice. What about his lifestyle choice of not wanting to suck dick? You're discriminating against him because he doesn't want penis. Do you see what do you see? Do you see where this is going, people? This is not a good this is not a good place to be. This is not a good place to be. I mean this is this is ridiculous. Punishing people because of their natural biological attractions. You have natural urges that you want to do. It's very simple. And now we're we're getting to a point where it's like, oh, you don't want to date me? Oh, you're fill in the blank. You're, you're fill in the blank of the word that you can describe someone as because they reject you. I mean, it's it's just it's just ridiculous. This is not a good place to be. This should not be investigated as a hate crime. This should be investigated as nothing. This there should be no investigation. I would be like, lady, or, or person, you, they just don't want to have sex with you. People get rejected, you know, offers to have sex all the time. Someone wants it, they go up to another person, person says yes or no. That's how it happens, that's how it, you know... That, that's just that's just how that's how dating works that's how you know marriage works that's how hooking up works you know you you you're going to get rejected you're gonna have people who like you people who don't like you um it happens but th- this is just this is disgusting this is absolutely disgusting and we need to be careful here in America we just need to be careful. That we don't get to a place where we punish people for their natural biological urges. I mean, you're investigating someone because they don't... Let's just say this. Let's just... I mean, it's just like, at the end of the day, look, I don't want to have sex with you. And then you're going to... You get mad at me... I mean, I mean, think about this. You could come up with any reason. You can come up with any reason when you get a rejection and you, you, you go to the police and you say, this person did this. That's, that's ridiculous. We'd all be in, we'd all be in jail. We all reject. We all get rejected. It happens. You like, you like what you like. You're physically attracted to what you're physically attracted to. You like certain attributes. 
You like people with certain skills. You like people with certain, you know, facial features, body features. Certain, you know, fashion statements. You like what you like, man. I I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I just... I just don't know, and I'm, I'm done with this. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm done. I'm done because we can't come to this place in society where we look at each other and we just, when we don't, when we don't get our way, we find a way to bring the other person down. When we don't get our way, we bring the police into it. When we don't get our way, we get upset and we get mad. And we try to retaliate because we just simply didn't get our way. It's just that simple. You made a lifestyle choice. Cool. Cool beans. Good for you. Way to go. Whatever lifestyle choice you make, you live with it. People don't want... Most people don't want to... Date trans people. Why? Because deep down we understand that when you have a trans, when you have, when you look at a trans woman, you know that's a guy. It's a guy. It's a, it's a person who's a guy who believes and tries to express himself as a woman. They may be, here's the thing, they may be really, really attractive. And if you never know, but then you find out, and then you say, oh, that's amazing. You're trans. Physically, you're good look, you know, you, you look good. But I'm not attracted to you because you are of the brotherhood. Or flip the scenario, you know, there's a, there's a trans guy. There's a, there's a, there's a transgender man who is a biological woman who believes that, she, who believes that she is a woman, comes out to this woman and says, comes up to another woman and says, hey, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're attractive. And modern medicine, I'm telling you, modern medicine is getting so good where you can't tell all the time. You can't tell all the time. And you have to be careful out there. You have to be careful out there. I was talking to my brother over the summer. And I was like, look, man, you know, we got to find ours before, you know, these people, you know, once they once they get the knuckles. Once they get the knuckles and they can make them look feminine or masculine, it's over. It's over because now it's also, you know, being looked down upon and. It could be seen as a crime where, you know, people don't have to say the sex that they actually are. You know, people don't have to answer those questions. They could just be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm whatever. And, you know, it is, it's whatever. You can't ask someone what, what their sex is. It's, we're, we're getting to that point. And so it's like, hey, man, when modern medicine can fix the knuckles and make them look masculine or feminine, that's it. That's it. And that's all I got to say. Um, I'm still trying to find mine before, before it's too late.